let's have a look at some cool Ruby tricks that you may or may not already know about. So in an IRB session, I have a method here just called my method, and it takes in a few options, a variable, and then we have this splat operator, and we're just calling this an array, and then a double splat, and this is just called a JSON. So with this method defined, we then call my method, and then we can pass in an option. So here you see that it returns a variable, and then an empty array and an empty JSON. So if we were to keep plugging in variables into this method, you'll see that here, because we just passed in a list of numbers, those got passed in to the splat operator and became an array of numbers. Whereas if we then call in something like this, where we have a equals five and then b is six, this gets passed into our double splat or in the JSON. Another neat trick with the splat operator is the ability to kind of make an array out of anything. So let's say we have stuff equals one, then we have this array stuff, and this is equal to two comma three comma four. If we create an array splat stuff, then you'll see that we have an array of one, and then we can call the array splat operator of the array stuff, and you'll see that it produces a very similar format. So this is great if you don't know what class you're dealing with, but you do need to treat it as an array so you can have a single grouping of code that accomplishes the same thing. However, you do want to be careful because using a splat operator on a hash is not the same. So here we have a hash where we have our name is DK and the age is 30. If we just call this into an array, we get our normal array. However, if we call the splat operator on this, you'll see that it actually breaks up our hash into a groupings of the array. So you want to be careful that if you are using something with the splat operator, that you are looking out for your class that you're not dealing with the hash, unless if that is your intended action. Another trick that you may or may not know about is the double pipe equals. So something like this, a double pipe equals one. If A is already defined, then it'll not equal to one. Otherwise, if A is not yet defined, then it'll set it to equal to one. So in this case, if we look at our A, we do not have it defined. But if we do A double pipe equals, and then do one, we get it set to one. So you'll see if it's not defined or if it's nil, then it gets set to one in this example. And keep in mind that this is not the same as a equals A or B, but instead this is equal to A or A equals B, if you were to write it out manually. Similar, there's also a much lesser known function where if we have a string, you can do ampersand ampersand equals to, and then you can do a string plus a suffix. You'll see that this returns nil because as it sends, it's not going to set it to anything because our string is currently nil. However, if we call our string equals to some value, so we have our string set to some value, and then we call the string ampersand ampersand equals to string plus the suffix, you'll see now that it has some value suffix. And so basically this ampersand ampersand equals, if the string does not exist, and it's not going to add on to this suffix. Otherwise, if it does, then it'll execute it out and you'll have your some values suffix. Another neat trick is to quickly format decimals. So let's say we have a variable money and we had this at 4250 and we want to format this quickly. Well, using the string quotations 
and then using percent point two f we can then pass in our money and this will format it out to 4250 so the decimal point two is going to be a float precision and similar for math pi we can do the same thing to get it round out to the two decimals and if you want to extend this out further you can as well Next, if you ever had anything in your application where you want to get your current user and then you want to try to get their full name, so this could be useful if you don't know if this object actually is defined or exists or not, but you don't want it to create a hard error, you would just want it to return nil. So you can use try and then pass in a symbol of the attribute that you want to return. And in this case, it would return nil. So as of Ruby 2.3.0, you can now call ampersand dot and then pass in your attribute name and it'll do the same thing. Now keep in mind that if the method does not exist or if the attribute does not exist in your model, then call the ampersand dot and then the full name, it actually will return a no method error. Whereas if this method does exist on this model, then it would just return nil if the current user is not defined. So let's say you have this method is odd that you want to refactor. While this does work and it is completely functional, it's really long and it's a lot more complex than it actually needs to be. If the remainder of x divided by 2 equals 0, then we return false, otherwise we return true. So another way to write this would be something like this, where you have your x modulus 2 equals 0. So this question mark it's basically saying, if this is true, then return false, otherwise return true. And in Ruby, we can actually improve this and make this even shorter by just saying, if the x modulus 2 is not equal to 0, then return true, otherwise return false. So this is taking out any kind of if conditions, and it's just using the simple operator not equals to zero, and this will actually work just as well. So let's say you have a array of strings, and with these array of strings, you want to make each one of them capitalized. So you can do something like this, where you set your caps equals to your strings, and you're mapping through the array, and then you're calling your string dot uppercase and that'll definitely do the job. But a better way and a more efficient way to do this, in my opinion, is to call just the map ampersand and then pass in a symbol of your method. And this is just using a ampersand to create a proc, where now we have a single line and it's much easier to read, and then it does the exact same thing. And similar, we can do the same thing with an array of strings, but we want to sort them by size. So typically you would sort them like this, where you have your car sort by, and then the car, car dot size. And this will sort them based on their number of characters and their name. However, you are able to also just call sort by ampersand, and then pass in the symbol size. And that'll do the exact same thing. So let's say we have an array of foods, and we want to get the object ID of these. That's simple enough, we can create the list of objects just by calling map and then passing in the object ID. So now we have the object ID of each one of these objects. And let's say now we want to clone these objects so we can use them elsewhere, but we want to leave the originals the way they were. 
Well, the problem is when we call foo.clone, it's still going to keep the same object IDs. So we're not really making changes to a new object, but rather the original objects. So there is a little trick that you can do. We'll just create a method called deep copy, and this will do a Marshall load and a Marshall dump of our object. So now if we call the deep copy, and then we pass it our food, and then we loop through the object IDs, we would have completely different object ID numbers because these are now completely new objects. In this example, the array class can take in an argument plus a block that will let you create an array with n elements. By default, you can see that the array elements are nil. However, if you pass in a block, then they will get their values from it. In this case, we did a random number between 1 and 100. So let's say you're playing around in your console and you want to start playing around with some of the SQL here. Or you have a model and you want to just pull out certain attributes and then see the SQL query. Well, this is going to also show you if you're using something like Pry, a lot of the generated output. And a trick is that on your statement, you can call a semicolon at the end and it's going to just suppress the output message and it'll just show you the SQL query. So let's say we have a hash of items. We have our tacos and our eggs. You can use dot fetch on a hash to pull out the item. So in this case, we do hash dot fetch tacos and this returns 12. But then we can also do items dot fetch bananas. And if we pass in a block, then you'll see that because we don't have bananas in our hash, then it'll just say we don't carry and then the key. And you see if we pass in eggs, then we get back the value. Converting numbers to a different base is easy. Let's say if you have the number 100 and you want to convert this to binary. Well, you can just call toString on this and then pass in base2. And now this converts it to binary. Well, you can take a binary string, call a2i on it, pass in the base again. And this time you're taking in the base of what it is, not what you're wanting to convert it to. And it'll convert it back to 100. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.